If you're not listening to the Smoke World Podcast, you're wasting your time, you mortal. What's up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Smoke World. I'm your host, Stone. So go grab that stick, go grab a glass or whatever you're drinking. Let's sit back and have that conversation. You can follow me on Instagram at Smoke World Podcast. Email stone at smokeworldpodcast.com. And folks, if you're living under a rock, if you're stuck, COVID's got you, and you're not familiar with the website, let me tell you about the website. Smokeworldpodcast.com. Go check out the website. I got some great sponsors. We got some great things going on this year. So if you haven't checked out the website, I don't know where you've been, but go check it out. So check it out, folks. Today's episode is a beautiful sister of the leaf, Charlene. Okay. She has a business called R5200, which is a mobile bartending and event planning business. So again, it's going to be very unique. She's giving her perspective on some stuff. She's sharing her ideas, her experiences with the smoke again so i want you to sit back enjoy and do what you do and check out the show okay we'll check you out on the other side charlene welcome to smoke world appreciate you being a guest what's good with you tonight i am good how are you oh i can't complain so let me give a little folks a little demographic on who you are first of all you're one of my sisters of the leaf we smoke together and you actually have a business, the R5200, which is a mobile bar attendant, and you do some event planning. But nonetheless, the first thing is you're one of my sisters of the leaf, and I know you enjoy good smoke, and I know you can make a drink. So that's being number one. Number two, exactly. I need you to tell the people where you're from. I am from Baltimore. I'm born and raised. Baltimore. Damn. Okay, you've down there with the wire. Okay, you wasn't in the wire, was you? Everybody always landmarks Baltimore for the wire. Why can't we landmark it for the Great Black and Wax Museum? For the who? What? Great Blacks and Wax Museum. Um. Well, you know, not for nothing. I don't want to bust your groove, Charlene, but um, it's not really known for that. The wire. Everybody okay. says the wire. I think you're hating on the wire. You got a problem with the wire? What's the problem with the wire? The wire was... A good show. People know the wire. You know, y'all selling dope like any other city. My city sells dope too. Philly, we do dope. I ain't mad at you, but again, really, Charlene, the Black Museum, really? I'm just saying. These are that, and that was Freddie Gray, so I'm just saying. Okay. All right. So it's, okay. Yeah. All right. So you're from Baltimore. You down there with the Black Wax Museum. Let's get that straight. Okay. So. Fine. That's I'm gonna give you that. I'm gonna give you that. So, Charlene, the people want to know because we're talking about cigars. We're talking about drinking. How long have you been smoking cigars? Ten years now. Ten years. Oh wow, mm-hmm. a little time. Okay. So let's yeah. start with the beginning of the story because these are always intriguing stories. I love these stories. Do you recall your first cigar? I do. You do? I do. All right. Well, all right. Let's, 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 let's paint a picture for the folks who are listening. So, boom. How did you get started smoking cigars? 
let's break that story down. Most of the time for women, it's always male influence. Most of the time. Unless you just pick up a cigar and just want to smoke. Um, my first cigar, I remember, was an acid Cuba Cuba. I used to do infused. Once I graduated and put on my big girl bootstraps, I, I started going to more full body all the way up. Okay, so all right, you just skipped over a lot of stuff right there. Okay, so mm-hmm. went with the Cuba Cuba. How did that happen? Talk to me. The people want to know. You just so, can't, I mean, you just magically cigar fell in your lap or something? Like, talk to us. Well, it's this male influence. I had one of my male friends who smoked cigars. More the heavier stuff. I wasn't ready for that. You know, my, when I first took a cigar, I thought it was more like a cigarette. I almost killed myself. Coughed up an entire lung. But then oh. I realized that you So he didn't tell you, he or she didn't warn you that let me explain to you about the cigar business. You don't inhale got, these cigars. The, I got the disclaimer, but it's a natural habit for us as human beings to, when we get something like that, it's like a straw. You want to well, pick it up. I, I got to say, well, I got to stop you, Charlotte. I got to stop you right there. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> you got to speak for yourself about this human being that you just automatically want to like suck something up. I, I can't necessarily, oh you know, God. give you a pass on that. From the male perspective, okay, that's different. Yeah, but it must be because I can't yeah. say just like it's natural <laughs> that you just want to suck up the smoke. So, you know, <laughs> I, oh, I ain't going to hate. It's natural. Let's just say it's natural to inhale when okay. you see things like that. Okay, okay. But hey, for the male yeah. audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let them paint the picture in their mind what that means. Keep it moving. Okay, okay. so... So, yes. all right, boom, let's break it down. You got your male influence. Okay, no names. This this pseudo guy says, right. look, come to me. Was you at a lounge? Was you at a bar? Was you in the park? Actually, we were um, at Green Turtle. I remember. So, it was Green Turtle. Um, they had a smoke inspection where you can go outside. Um, well, I smoked cigars, and I was just, like, curious. And I had, actually, Kuku Kuku was my first cigar. Um and I was like, oh, it's not bad. He was smoking a heavier one, and I'm just like, I'm not ready for that. And, you know, originally when I was first waitressing back in the day, I thought cigars stink. But then, you know, women get that male influence, like, just try it again. You might like it. So that's how I started. Um, so I went from flavored, more infused, to start going into Connecticut and moving into the Habanos and then going into the Maduro's. Mm. Nice. Okay. So this individual, again, who has no name, I guess, whatever scenario has happened in the past has happened. So we're going to say Joe, Joe. Okay. For the the sake of conversation, Joe, because all this male influence is throwing me for a monkey wrench. Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Joe turned you on to the cigar, but you knew enough to know that Joe was smoking a big boy cigar in the sense of he was smoking something full, something that you knew obviously being the novice that was not in your league. Yeah, because it was, it was darker. The wrapper was darker. It did, what he was smoking didn't have a flavor to it. It wasn't like foo-foo or creme de la creme with the cherry on top. No, it was more a bigger, a bigger ring gauge, um, a lot longer, so a, a longer smoke. Gotcha. Okay, so how was the experience? Okay, you got your Cuba Cuba. So let's talk about that experience. Okay, boom. You had an issue because, again, you mentioned in the beginning that 
you like to see that particular thing, wherever that. <laughs> We're not doing it. Today. Hey, I'm trying to figure it out. People listening, people need to know what's going on. You said, you know, when you see those type of things with those type of shapes, you just automatically start to inhale. Okay, the normal human reaction of anything growing, you know, like that, you, you, you think of it like a straw, okay? Let's just, let's just call it a straw. So normally... Saying, you, hey, listen, you can call it what you want to call it. Listen, you know, we, 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 this is a big boy show. If you want to call it a straw, we're going to let you slide with that. But if that's what you hide, that's how you describe it, that it was a straw based yes. on human nature, and you're going to put everybody in that. And but that's for, cool. And you forget, being a novice, you forget that this is something you have to puff. You know, this is not like, you know, the, the natural herb that comes from the from the earth, and, you know, you inhale it to have a different feeling. It's different, even though you might choke with that, too. But I'm just saying, um, it was natural for me to just forget because I'm not trained for it. So just try to inhale it. That was the wrong idea. Okay. So was this a pleasant experience, or would you no, say this I was... Think after 15 coughs later, almost needing a respirator, and my eyes turning red and watering, that was not pleasant. Mm, so you did not have a... Then, <laughs> your first experience no. with the cigar was not a pleasant experience. No. Okay, with that being the case, what made you give it a second try? Because I wanted to see... I didn't want to have that one reaction turn me off until I really got into it. Like, I didn't want to prematurely cut something off before I actually realized what cigar culture was. Um, and, I, you know, I'm competitive. So I would I ain't going to let nothing defeat me unless it really defeats me. Now, if you put liver in front of my face, I will not eat that. That 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 is my defeat. Oh, so you don't want the liver and onions. That's not your thing. No. Nope. We, nope. we got you right from the door. We knock you for a loop. We put liver and onions in front of your face. You're done. Done. You're it done. smells good. Okay, so yeah. all right, so we need to go back. So now, is this Joe who has the second opportunity to allow you to smoke another cigar? Or you have a total different experience with different people? Total different experience with different people. Okay, so now you're competitive. Let's talk about the second time. So the second time... What are you smoking? The second time, um, it was a Perdomo champagne. Okay, so second time you have a Perdomo champagne. Do you recall where you were at? I was at actually a party. Um, and that's what I had. Somebody actually gave it to me because I didn't really keep cigars. They gave it to me. It was a lighter cigar. It wasn't horrible, but... I won't smoke a Perdomo champagne now, just because it's way too light. Look at you now, okay? Look at it now, okay? Okay, you moved a little. You moved a little fast right now. You done fast forward. You done kind of bust off a little too quick, but we're gonna <laughs> let you rewind just a little bit, okay? So you at the party, you got your Perdomo, and you remembered. I'm assuming from the first experience, what not to do and what to do. All right, so let's 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 walk us through that a little bit. You got to paint the picture for the folks, you know, because we don't have any video. We can't see you take you back in time and say, "Look at Charlene uh-huh. back in the day, buffing on this cigar." I don't want to rewind. I'm in my thirties now, so no. 
I can't do the rewind. No rewind. Um, okay, so, but you still got to paint the picture for us, you know, we got to. So, it was actually a birthday party that I remember going to, and one of my friends, it was actually his party, he was like, try this. I know you tried cigars before, but you might like this. So I tried it, it was light, it didn't, you know, knock me off my feet. Uh, we just had a really, really good time. They had heavier cigars, but they were like big brothers, so um, I was fine with that. And I didn't stay on that cigar. I think that's the moment, the pivotal moment when I started saying, if I can smoke this, I can go a little bit darker. You know, so I smoked that for, for a little bit and then just started trying different cigars after that, after that party. So, okay, that was the real intro. That's when you graduated and said, okay, you know what, I can do this. But again, you being competitive. In your mind, you was thinking right from the door, like, I need to move up to a different cigar? Really? You, you no, wasn't... not from the door. Okay. But just just from them, just from that cigar, and then watching the interactions with other people smoking cigars throughout the party, it was like, dang, they smoking some, these are, those are big, those are huge. Like, how long, just asking questions, how long does it take for that one cigar? Like, how do you smoke that whole thing, you know, for the night? Well, what are you smoking? I'm, I'm smoking this, and I'm smoking that. Just asking questions throughout the night, and I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, now, would it be okay? You know, would it be safe to say, based on what I'm hearing, that she was really infatuated with the size of these cigars more so than the cigar? You looking at size, it's like, wow, that's big. I want to get to the big boys. Not really. It sound like that. Mm-mm. Okay. No, because not really for a woman. Women will not cop to that. I'm, I'm not cop to that just because, you know, looks can be very deceiving. It might be a big one, but it might be terrible. That's what I was thinking, but that's how you was looking. I'm like, you saying, know, from a person was, going from no, not smoking and you're looking not, at everybody, not, yo, no, they got big not, cigars and they big boys. Every, no, not everything that's big is good for you. Let's just say that because it might be trash. Um, but, no, it's just the variety, the, you know, the, the difference of... This person might like this. This person might like that. Somebody might be comfortable with smoking a Lancero. Somebody might be comfortable with smoking a Torpedo, vice versa, or, you know, any anything. So it was just like, wow, there's a lot of different things out there. So it, it is a variety of things that you can pick from and not being stuck in just one thing. Yeah, I'm just thinking that, you know, you being the beginning at that point in time and novice, you moving pretty fast. Like, yo, okay. You're already thinking ahead of the game. Like, I'm ready to move to the next level. I am, my, my I'm already, I'm already four puffs into this first cigar. <laughs> or oh, my second cigar. I'm ready to move to the next cigar. Like, I'm ready to go to the next level. What's the next level? Whether it be size, color, you know. You no, get, it's, it's about the next level is that you start noticing the different flavors. So okay. when I started with it, so when I started with a Perdomo Champagne, it was really light, very papery. Um, more citrusy for me. Mm-hmm. And then you go from Cuba Cuba, which is sweet, to the Connecticut, and then you start getting into more of the Habanos, and you start getting a little bit of spice. You get a lot of the grassiness. You get, sometimes you get chocolate. Like, I used to do Nica Rustica a mm-hmm. lot. I used to do the Tabax, with Tabax, like hits of chocolate, cocoa, all that stuff. So you start really paying attention to the notes and what your palate is telling you. And how you enjoy the cigar, what you smell, things of that nature when you when you hit it. Um, even with cedar, 
so when you start getting into a lot of the darker cigars, you get more, you, you can have a leathery taste, you can have more of a cedar taste, you can have a citrus, and the aromatics on different cigars kind of pulls you in once you try different things. So I didn't want to get stuck in the box with staying here. I want to step outside the box. And naturally, that's just me, like my profession. I'm a, I'm more operational. So I look at different things and move and grow and, and kind of think outside of the box and move quick on my feet. So it's natural for me. Some people, they're comfortable where they are. But for me, I like to try new things. Okay, so fast forward now. So what do you smoke today? I guess, do you do a variety of cigars or... Do you have a particular cigar, a wrapper, or a region that you particularly go to? I am more or less going to be in a Maduro. Maybe a Habano. Uh, very rarely you'll see me smoke something like Connecticut. Um, one of my favorite cigars is the CAO Brasilia. Mm, nice. um, very good smoke. Very good smoke. I also enjoy the Jaime Garcia as well as the LFD Mejero. So that's where I lean to. Um, I also love Stolen Throne. Um, their Crook of the Crown is, is an oh, excellent Yeah, that's cigar. a banger. That's my thing. That's my go-to. That, that is, that's an excellent cigar. Yeah, that's, so that's my go-to right there. That's the realm that I stay in now, unless I'm just puffing something just, just because I feel like doing it. But I like to enjoy the cigar. I like to taste it. I like to smell it. Um I like the aromatics behind cigars, so I, I don't have, I'm not stuck with one brand, but I will gravitate towards certain things, but I'll also try new things. Nice. Now, let's get into some of the combination because of your skill set with the bartending. What do you like to pair your cigars with? I am a heavy bourbon drinker. Bourbon and cognac. Mm. Um, like, I like Martin Blue Swifts. I like Blanton's. I have some, some things in here like like Stags and Colonel E.H. Taylor. Those are the things that I drink, I gravitate towards. Um, Makers 46, Makers 101. I am an avid bourbon drinker. I will drink other stuff sometimes just to tone it down. But uh, back in the day, I used to drink a lot of mixed drinks, and I'm not that girl anymore, so I stick in the street. Um, but I like to pair my cigars with bourbon. Nice. Okay, so let's get a little history on that. Now, how did you get into the bartending? Is that similar to the cigars? This is going to be good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Maybe used to call me a Jamaican. I am not a Jamaican. But um, just the way I grew up, I was so used to working. Like, I had two or three jobs. Uh, I used to work in the hotel industry. I've actually cleaned rooms. I've done serving. Um, once I was working in the hotel industry, I got out of the, the housekeeping world and switched over to, I want to learn how to make drinks. It was already there because I used to be a waitress back when I was like 18. And I was, they didn't take bartending until you were 21. So by the time I got the opportunity, when I was 21, past 21 actually, I started learning how to make drinks. And I got my first opportunity when I worked in the hotel industry, it's hard to, to tr for somebody to train you coming in the door if you don't have experience because they want you to be a waitress first. But I got this, this opportunity while working in the hotel to be to start training to be a bartender. Interesting. Okay, so now, you know, folks, 
everybody think they're a bartender. It's like everybody's a singer and everybody's a dancer in their own mind. So what do you think some of the pros and cons for those who are listening who want to be bartenders, you know, what do you think some of the pros, some of the great things that you get to do as a bartender and then some of the things that you say kind of suck being a bartender? We'll start with the good stuff first. The good stuff is um, learning how things work, learning how to mix drinks, learning, one, how, what things go together, what things pair well, what flavors you have. Um, Also, at the end of the day, is how you make people happy. Um, How you, bartenders can change people's lives, actually. We're like counselors at the end of the day. It depends on from your first drink to the last drink that you get. We either know your life story or what you're going through. And depends on the bartender. You have to be a good bartender to know how to read people and know what they're going through. I mean, I've had some great experiences where I've had hospital clients going through cancer and chemo. And I've also had some people going through business decisions as well as, you know, family and, and life drama. So at the end of the day, it's making those people happy or turning their situation in a different way, giving them a different outlook, but also giving them great service at the end of the day. Hmm. Okay. All right. So how about the flip side of that? What are some of the, uh, the negatives with being a bartender? If there is any, maybe you don't have any, but it's if not you, really if, a negative, but yeah. you always get one asshole. Maybe a few. Yeah. I think we uh, all know about all those. I think we know, being, we, we know those individuals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you get sometimes, it could be a very different situation, you know, with, it, it, it's not different with guys, because guys, you know, can be sought out too, but a lot of times when you're a woman as a bartender, it just depends, like, you can have a polo shirt and some khakis on, but it all just depends, like, even working at the hotel bar, oh my god, I used to get, hey, my room number is X, Y, and Z, sir, I am not that bartender, like, not today. Well, now, again, okay, folks, see, it's folks don't like, know. All right, okay, let like me that. help you out here, folks, because, again, people don't know what you look like. So, you know, you're telling a story. <laughs> now, Charlene, let me explain to you people, listeners, okay? Now, Charlene's a nice-looking sister, okay? She's a nice-looking sister, so she kind of, you know, playing this modest role about the sweatshirt, hoodie, and all this other BS. She's a nice-looking sister, so you don't have to be intoxicated you can just come up to the bar and be like, oh, wow, okay, hey, 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 how you doing? What's up? And now we start drinking, and the game changes. You know, some of you guys, you get the beard muscles, or you get the, the heart, now your heart pumping, and you think now, you you know, you got game. So, again, Charlene, you, you're being modest because you're a nice-looking sister. So, you, so, at the end of the day, Katz is going to come at you, whether it be male or female, equal opportunities. Oh, my, I will tell you, I have had couples. Yeah, all that too. Oh yeah, it's not surprising. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think you you didn't want my mouth to like drop open when you said that, right? You didn't think I was gonna say what? You know, like that's not surprising. That's the new. I say that's the new thing. It's been the thing. But but the thing is, some females don't know how to read that. Me, I got no cut cards. That's what people don't realize. Like, oh, she's nice, but oh, she's spicy. She they would, like that. They like that spicy. Down. They like yeah. that spicy. I, I, so I, I like you, but I would chop you at the same time. Like, I've had so much stuff go on. Like, I've had to put people out. All that, like, putting people out 
and you being disrespectful when I say, look, I'm cutting you off. And people don't respect the bartender when we're telling you, no, we cannot legally give you anything else because you're intoxicated. That is the, that's the flip side of what bartenders don't realize. Or people don't realize it's like, we're cutting you off for a reason. You're being belligerent or you're being disrespectful now and you're being too much. And, you know, I've had people cuss me out everything else. That is the, that's the ugly side of bartending is when we have to assert ourselves in a certain way after, yes, we did have fun with you, but now you're not so fun. Now the fun is over. Now it's time to get to stepping. Exactly. <laughs> Respectfully, respectfully, it's time to get the pay your bill and get the out of here. The bottom line is what you're saying. Oh, I mean, I've had, you know, you know, I've had you know, I mean, being a bartender, like most bartenders, tell you had at least one asshole that said something very disrespectful to the point where you're about to punch him in the face. So, did you ever have to put hands on? You know, I ain't ain't gonna tell nobody. I mean, to be honest, like, I've had. Um, uh, Ohio State fan or Ohio State College, a dad with his son playing, cut him off, and I said, "No, you can't have anything else to drink." He said, "Well, you, you know what? Suck my dick." I said, "You don't have enough. Now you can get the fuck out my bar." Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, man, this is, I guess, like I said, this is the flip side, you know. So. That's the flip side of bartending. So it's like I went from the cute, happy one to like, no, you about to get, you about to catch these hands. So you know, after all your little, your tip jar got filled up. Now you got to put hands on somebody because I know you're making some money over there. You smiling in their face. But now you can get out. Yeah, I know. You smile like, hey, how you doing? You know, looking cute. They're like, oh yeah, you can hold on to that, baby. Here you go. So you making some money? You making money? about to be Pookie, a Pookie, Ray Ray, let's go. We're about to, we're about to throw hands. It's about to go down. That's the, that's, that's the Baltimore coming out. Oh, yeah. Well, well, and that's not the Baltimore we know because Charlene's <laughs> Baltimore is the Black Wax Museum, and I know the Black Wax Museum is not a violent place. So, no, it ain't the wire either. That's what I'm saying. So, Every you know. Every time you say Baltimore, people like, oh, the wire? Like, right, it's, it's that's what I'm saying. It. And, you know, you had an issue with that because, again, you said – you more so like, you the representative like, you know, has history of like, the Black Wax Museum. Billy. So I know you non-violent. Billy Holiday used to sing here and everything else. Yeah. All right. Well, that's but cool. But I'm saying we're talking about right now, you know, you non-violent because you're not the wire because the wire a little violent. They doing some things in the wire. And that's not your lifestyle. You more so, you know, hey, listen, negotiator, I'm, I'm non-violent. a peacekeeper. That's I'm cool. That's cool. Now, now, but back in the day, yeah. Okay, well, that's cool. Okay, so let's get on to what's going on now. So with all we just talked about, smoking and drinking, mm-hmm. with all that's going on right now, we got the Omicron out there, you know, cousin of the Transformer, Decepticons. Where are you smoking and drinking at? Are you home or, you I mean, is this messing you up? Are you kind of scared? Are you nervous about this thing? What is your feeling about what is going on with this COVID situation and your smoke game? It has not messed it up. Omarion, what they call it now, the Omarion variant has not messed up anything. Um, I still smoke. I still go out. I work in healthcare. So I am in the trenches. I, I 
you know, work at the University of Maryland. Um, I still go to Dan Cigar Lounge. That is like my watering hole. All right, so if I can, I really, if I, okay, now you work at the university, you work at the hospital, so you see firsthand yeah. what's going on. What is going on? We hear, we hear all these different reports, but we're going to hear it right from the horse's mouth. What is going on at your hospital? Are, are your beds uh, overwhelmed? Are you finding your ICUs becoming so, full? Is it that situation down there? Or no, you're not having this, you're not experiencing any of the stuff that we hear about in the media. So there is certain things that we are experiencing like we are experiencing higher numbers with more COVID patients um we where our hospital is not like at, it's, it's, it's at capacity but it's not like we can't take no more patients um we are seeing a, like an uptick with cases um most of the time that people don't really need to come to the hospital I think they just need to isolate and, and self-medicate and a lot of things that we preach is for people to get your test, do what you need to do, and, and try to stay out of the hospital if you don't need to because you're going to overwhelm the healthcare system. Like, we see cases past the hundreds. Um, I've worked in healthcare for since 2006. Um, this is the first time I've seen the numbers go up like that. And a lot of people that are in the hospital are not vaccinated. Even though you can get COVID with having shots in the booster, the shots do not prevent you from getting COVID. It prevents you from being in the hospital, being severely ill. So a lot of people are listening to the hood pharmacist, your cousins, or this, that. It keeps you from being in the hospital. Um, but we are seeing an uptick with COVID cases, people being in the hospital things of that nature and a lot of 99 percent of it is with people that are not vaccinated at all okay so that's what i'm saying so now you're saying all this firsthand so you're saying you're not moving any different from how you smoke and drink in these lounges based on what you say so you're saying that's not going to stop you from doing I, your thing i'm a creature of habit like i don't really do anything like i i stay in my my zone like, for me, like, going out to the club, like I, I ain't even done that since my 20s. But I don't really do that. Like, I go homework, sorry, um, and go to my same place, and I know the people that I'm around. So I don't really see different people all the time. I'm not looking for the next party, me, um, or any of those things. So I typically stay with the same group of people, even if it is at the cigar lounge. Like, that is the cigar lounge that I go to. I don't frequent five different cigar lounges, or I have to see different people at different lounges. I go to the same place with the same people. Okay, so where, if we can ask, where are you smoking down? Which spots are down in Baltimore that, you know, the listener who may be visiting, passing through, um, what spots would you recommend down in Baltimore that they may stop through and check out and say, hey, this is a nice setup? I know a lot of people, like for me, my watering hole is like my cheers. I go to dance. Um, and it all depends on preference. Some people go to fire or smoke. Um, some people go to, I used to work at a place called the QG. Um, they have a barbershop, a bar, 
They have um, a cigar lounge, but I, I, I don't know their restrictions with the COVID going on. So they used to have, you could come in and buy $30 worth of cigars and you could sit in the cigar lounge. But because of COVID, certain places have changed how they do it. They may have members only during the COVID period. Um, they also have Main Street Cigar. They also have um, not even just Baltimore, but you have Spartan, which is at Elkton. You might want to drive out to somewhere else. But it just depends on the cigar lounge. And with COVID going on, certain places have changed their rules and regulations on how they operate. Okay, so now basically when you're in these spots, do you see a different setup? Are they moving any different? The lounges, owners, the setup, uh, the social distancing, or they kind of leave that up to the customer to do your own thing? I think every lounge has its own how they operate. I mean, because I typically stay in my own lane. Like, I, I typically go to my watering hole. I don't really maneuver through. I've been through cigar lounges, different ones. But home is home for me. Home, my home is my watering hole. I always go to dance. Like I'm always there. That is that is what I know. That is what I'm used to, familiar with. Just typically, that's 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 my comfortability. But because during COVID, I haven't really gone to too many lounges besides dance and in in Spartan. I can't really speak on what other places are doing unless I'm doing a, a carryout service. Okay, are you able to smoke at home? Do you have a setup at home where you can smoke? Not me. At my home, unless I'm having a moment after work, it's been too trying, then I'll sit maybe on the patio, depending on how cold it is, or I'll sit in my living room and kind of reverse the fan and do all that stuff. Um, other than that, I really don't smoke in my house. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so listen, because I ain't going to hold you up here, but I do have a question for you and those who are listening because you have the company, the R5200, which is the mobile bartending. Now, we didn't really touch on that. So how will folks get in contact with you? Um, Is there some social media? You know, can you get that information out? Yeah, I'm on on social media. I have a website. It's www.com bar5200.com I am also on Instagram at underscore bar5200 and Facebook is at bar5200 and again real quick give the folks exactly on some of the things that you do with this this company um of course I'm a mobile bartender so I take the party I come to where the party is. Um, so if you have a party at your house, you have a pool party, you have a wedding, we can bring a bar, we can set it up, we can plan it for you, we can do anything that you would like, and we can speak any service that we have to meet the needs. So we, we do bartending, we'll bring the, bring the bar to you, as well as decorate for your event as well. Nice, nice. Now, before I let you go, is there anything maybe that you wanted the folks to know that we didn't touch on, that you want the people to know about you, the business, COVID, <laughs> bartending? Um, and a lot of, I'll, I'll say this, a lot of people ask me where I got bar 5200 from. 
So the name came from because I grew up in a house in Baltimore City. I paid homage to my grandmother. That was the first house and only house that she purchased um, in a Baltimore, on a Baltimore City street. It was a 5200 block of Cuthbert Avenue. Um, we are woman-owned, um, black female-owned business, and I named part of my company for the house that she purchased in that block. So a lot of people ask me where where that name came from. Nice. Okay, that's respect. That is respect. That's what's up. So I want you to give out that website one more time so folks know how to get in contact with you so they can make that move. They can see who Charlene is like, oh, damn. All right, yeah, I need to get drunk with Charlene. So, yeah, <laughs> give the website out again and your Instagram because, you know, folks are always on IG. Sure, 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 sure. So it's www.bar5200.com and the Instagram is at underscore bar 5200 bar 5200. There you have it. There you have it. Well, Charlene, thank you for being a guest on Smoke World. Appreciate you doing yes, what you thank do. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being a guest, sharing your information, sharing your story. You know, Sister of the Leaf. Again, folks, go check her out at the website. Check her up the IG. She's doing some major things. Trust me, when you see her, you're going to be like, damn, Stone, okay, I see what's going on over there. So it's all good, <laughs> Charlene. Listen, they just come to Final Fridays at Spartan if they want to. There you go. There you go. Final Fridays at Spartan. Final Elton Friday Maryland. Spartan and mm-hmm. in Elton, Maryland, I'm marketing. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you for being a guest. Appreciate you. Thank you. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of Smoke World in the Books. Again, you can follow me on Instagram at Smoke World Podcast. Email stone at smokeworldpodcast.com and the website smokeworldpodcast.com. Well, thanks, Charlene, for being a guest, a beautiful sister of the leaf. Check her out. Check out her webpage. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, do all that. And don't forget, folks, don't forget to share, like, subscribe. Got the videos. I'm trying to think of something different to do. Again, the cigar review is going to come, but I just can't do a regular cigar review. That's not going to work. So stay tuned. All right. Check you out on the other side. Peace.